0: Welcome to Inspired After Hours, your unique peek into the untold narratives of business leaders. We don't just talk business, we journey through their world, personal stories, and unique perspectives. Here we delve beyond corporate facades for intimate conversations that reveal the real life experiences of those who inspire us. Get ready to discover wisdom, extract life lessons, and fuel your own journey. Welcome to Inspired After Hours. Tim, welcome to the Inspired After Hours podcast. You're the CEO and partner at Council Legal Firm. When you're not working, you're all about family time, your wife and kids, they're on the top of your list. You are deeply rooted in the community, supporting local businesses, and you sponsor Arizona Entrepreneurs. I am. Yeah. And your firm gives back through Arizona Brain Food to ensure school kids don't go hungry on weekends. That's amazing. But let's get started with all the many hats you wear. Um, how do you balance your professional life and your personal passions like family and community involvement?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me on today. Yeah. I am looking forward to it. Um, balancing is, isn't that the the tag or the, the uh, frustration of so many people? <laughs> mm-hmm. I've heard it said by many, there's not really any balance. It's just putting priorities on top of each other. And at some times, certain priorities get a higher level than others. So the key for me has always been family. That's going to be first and foremost, and that's why I built the business that I did, and it's why I'm also so passionate about the community, so that it can be a great place for mine and other families to be.
0: Let's talk about how you got started. I mean, you're you are the founder, right, of Council Legal Firm? That's right. Um, and so, how did you how did you get into that? What made you say, "I want to be a lawyer someday"? <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, um, I was a lawyer at another firm before this, but I, um, I've always been passionate about business. My, uh, uncles, my dad were business owners. I saw that growing up. I saw how you could create a great environment for people when you're a good business owner. And then I also saw situations where there was not so good things happening. So I always felt very, uh, encouraged and wanted to not only make a living and do what's right for me, but also to create an environment for people to be in a good space. I also have seen um, in law specifically, it's really far behind most other industries and in how it treats its customers. Mm-hmm. A lot of law is just, hey, I'll tell you what to do. You, you, you know, shut up and listen, and then uh, you take my advice. And, and I really pay don't- pay me. Yeah, and then pay me a lot of money, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And for me, I never, that never resonated. And so I've always been uh, very passionate about starting my own business, I did start at another law firm before because I also am passionate about having knowledge to share, right? I'm a big believer in the 10,000 hour rule where you, it takes you 10,000 hours to become an expert in a field. Mm -hmm. And so I took that advice and I went and uh, learned and grew. And that's why I started my firm a year and a half, really two years ago. um, This firm, council legal firm, to be the thing that I want it to be for not only my team, but also for the people that use it.
0: Yeah. I think when, when people, I don't think I know, when people start their own business, for the most part, probably 99% of them are somebody saying, oh, there's got to be a better way. So what was your, there's got to be a better way? Because I know you do things much differently than most law firms do. It's a different vibe when you walk into your office. The culture that you have there is different in a very, very good way. So what was your, there's got to be a better way?
1: So again, matching, I, I love this because matching business principles with a law firm is, it sounds funny, but it's somewhat unique. It's not a very common thread. And so looking at it from how do I help people, how do I help consumers have a better experience? And for me, my consumer is not um, somebody that's just on the street. I do business owner specific type law, business owners, uh, business uh, leaders, people that have and anywhere from small to to pretty pretty large businesses. And so um, something that I always want to provide to them wa- or wanted to provide to them was, let's get away from this idea of every time I talk to my lawyer, they're going to charge me for it, right? That to me is such a counterproductive engagement because you never have trust built when you're constantly feeling like one person's charging you for every word that you say. Mm-hmm. And so a big passion of mine when I started counsel was counsel on call, Council on Call is the monthly membership program that we have for for business owners to be able to get the most common services they need at a fixed monthly rate. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really cool to see how people have caught on to that and have started to experience the benefits of it. And really from my side, for me and my team, the value is instead of every time we have a conversation with somebody, they don't want to talk to us we're starting to see the opposite happen, right? Mm-hmm. I, I joke with my wife that, you know, doctors, they get the end of the year gifts from from their clients. You know, thank you for being my doctor. Most of the time, the, they don't want to talk to their lawyer. You know, clients just, they don't want to see their lawyer again. And the common joke is, well, I hope I don't see you again. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. what I hear almost every time, oh, you know, in a traditional. Tim, so. <laughs> I'm
2: so
0: sorry. <laughs> that makes me feel really sad.
1: Well, it is, but <laughs> I get why. And yeah. that's because law hasn't really afforded there to be an opportunity for relationships.
2: Yeah. I I love what you said about your model though, because when it's built by the hour as business owners, you wait until the, the Mm
0: -hmm. it's hit
2: the fan to call you your attorney. And I feel like law is like dental work. If you're going (laughs) to wait until that pain is a, is a 10 out of 10, you have less that you can do in response to that. And and as business owners, speaking from our perspective, you sort of, you, you see icebergs coming. You see them long before you hit. And so I love your model of, call us as something is developing, or even if you have a sense that something could develop or you're entering into a situation and there's multiple variables on how it could go, you've really flipped this whole idea on law and when we as business owners pull you in. Because again, the later I have to assume the limited options that you can respond with.
1: Absolutely. The thing that again, as you bring back business principles into law, things as with business, there's predictability, there's things that are repetitive, right? And so what we see, we see a lot of the same things happen over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so when you're at the stage where we're at, where we've seen these things, if there's an early recognition and option, it becomes a lot less expensive, first of all, and a lot better for the business because then they can use that as a growth opportunity versus later on when we catch something on the tail end where you get into litigation, it is really expensive and frankly this is where a lot of people don't like their lawyer because it is difficult to feel justice within the litigation system. You're talking about a case on average takes 2 years to get to a trial.
0: Wow. That's that's
1: a good that's a pretty streamlined case. Wow. So um, a lot of people get really frustrated, hey this this contract was breached and we look at the contract and it doesn't have good remedies in it and so then we're looking at it saying hey well, okay, here's your option. We can sue them for the money and then we're going to have to prove to the judge and the jury that what you were owed is this amount and then it takes two and a half years to get there and you want to do that? And they start thinking, well, is it worth it or not, right? That's always the question. So Mm -hmm. we love catching things early because you can put in a lot of preventative things in place that instead of focusing on this terrible thing that's happening, you can focus on the good and create more of that good to then push you forward with your business.
0: You come across as a, I don't need to say you come across because we know you. You are a relational guy. Mm-hmm. You like people. I would even venture to say you love people. I do. You're super passionate about, about people <laughs> and you want to help people. Yeah. And that is so genuine. That comes across so genuine with you. So I feel like a little bit of this counsel on and call and, and, and the way that you run your firm is a little bit selfish, so that you get to have relationships with people because otherwise as an attorney, you like you said, the trust factor is so rare because people just view you as an attorney as opposed to view, viewing you as Tim. Yeah. So I think that's pretty cool. And I think I would have been selfish too and, and said, you know what? I can't do this. I love what I do, but I need this over here as well. So it's, it kind of brings the two together. And I think that's when you're in the fullness of of who you are, which is means people are going to get the best out of you, you know. And so, um, as a business owner, we love the idea of being able to just pick up the phone and call and just ask a quick question and not feel like we're going to get billed sixteen hundred dollars or something like that. So, and I get it. Um, What you do is extremely valuable, so it should you you should receive pay for that. It's just hard as a business owner. And you understand that. You know, it's just hard to to be receiving the invoices and
1: absolutely <laughs>
0: going, what was this conversation about that mm-hmm. I got billed for a while back? But anyway, so so I one, love of my, that. one of my
1: one of my primary passions actually was, was exactly that selfishly for me. But I have a team of six lawyers, you know, paralegals, a support team. And really what's funny about this whole counsel on call, even or even the way we operate it's taken a lot of effort to put in the right systems and and business acumen in place to actually make these work. I think sometimes law is lazy. That's really the simplest way to say it. Lawyers, you can can make a living without doing very much, right? From a business side, somebody's going to pay you for a service, they're in dire need for it. So therefore, what effort do I have to put into actually running a business? So you see that a lot. That's that's pretty common within a lot of high level professional services,
2: like marketing. You yeah. see the same thing in marketing. Oh, you see it all the you time. Do.
1: Absolutely. You yeah, you see you see them. You know, hold out the shiny object, mm-hmm. and and people will pay for it because it's a dire need. Mm-hmm. And so in law, that's really where I said, hey, enough is enough from the legal side. Secondly, there's such high depression rates with lawyers, right? When you're hated by your client, when you're hated by the opposing counsel, when you're hated by your firm for not, quote, billing enough, mm-hmm. it's a very tense situation to be in. And there's no real sympathy there. I'm not I'm not trying to say, oh, poor, poor attorneys. But I thought, you know what, as a business owner, as a law firm business owner, I want to make it different. I don't want that to be the experience of my team. And Can so you, that's...
0: So in yeah. that way, you're serving attorneys out there who want a different way to to do what they love. Yes. One that's actually fulfilling and makes them happy. I love that. That's and really I feel good.
2: like there's a lot to unpack there because as business owners, the three of us, we set out with this intention on how we're going to do it. And we create that experience for our clients, the three of us have, and then we run out of capacity yeah, and we have to hire. And, and you have to hire in a way and create a culture that embodies the same values and the same principles that the three of us do in that initial client interaction. So what have you done with those six attorneys and within your own culture to create that same mindset and that same experience with counsel clients when it's when it's with another attorney besides yourself?
1: Yeah. So some of that, again, goes back to, as you guys know, the business systems you put in place, there's always the expectation setting holding up objective standards to for people to reach and meet. Part of that is a big a big part of that is who you hire, right? I've learned through how do, you do e- that. Well yeah. I've learned through hard experience that so you cannot just <laughs> hire anybody. And it's not even what might look good in theory or on paper. I, I love sports. I'm a big Phoenix Suns fan. I'm a big sports fan generally and you see it all the time with teams where they go out and acquire the quote best talent and put mm-hmm. them together and it fails, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Kyrie Irving on any team he's gone on to, except for with LeBron, I'm excited for the Suns because it looks like they have a culture and a fit with these superstars, but you never know. And so a big part of our process has been attracting the right people, right? You have to have the right people in place first in order to get to where you're trying to go. Then you have to have the system and the back support, background support for those people. So they both know what they're expected to do, as well as have the resources to do those things. hmm And then third, it's a lot of personal interaction, right? I went through a phase where I didn't realize how much it requires to, for a business owner to be involved, right? Mm -hmm. To set that culture on an ongoing basis. And -hmm. you can try to put as many systems in place as you want, checks and balances, but in a small business, and I'd say anybody with 25 employees or less is a small business. Really, it's, it's the direction of the owner that's dictating the culture in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
2: Kristen talks about that all the time, because as we're growing, we put in levels of leadership, but she always says they need to hear from us. Yeah. Yes, we need to empower our leaders, but they also need to hear from us. And one quick point to note is because we identified that we are very fast to fall in love with people. We fall in love with potential. And it used to be that we were the first people to say whether or not a person went through the, the uh, hiring process. We gave the first green light. We are now the last stop yeah. on the train. So it has to go through operations, department leadership, and then it finally comes to Kristen and I because – we just fall in love so fast that we actually recognized <laughs> our own limitations and where we needed to empower the team to make. Yeah, we're just hiring everybody. Oh, yeah. Just we, we fall in love with potential.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And then yeah. later, someone from our team says, why didn't you let Les interview them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: We could have told you
0: that, you know, these skills were not there. Yes. But, then, but we love them. Yeah.
1: I love that. <laughs> that One of the work. things we started to do is how to differentiate yourself in the hiring pool. I know you guys are experiencing the same thing, but... Within law, it is a lot of people are are jumping quickly from place to place. Some of that's just the discontent that people have with their current employment situation. A lot of it has to do with they're being bait and switched a lot of times by, by, by companies where they're saying, Hey, I'll do these things. The most common thing we hear in law is I'll pay you more and you'll work less. Mm-hmm. And we both know, especially when you're doing type of law that we do, hourly billing is, is a part of that. There's no such thing as work less and make more money, right? Mm-hmm. And that's pretty common across the board for all industries. Wow. So it's finding the right fit for the right people, but also coming at it from a different angle. And for us, one thing that we've noticed is there's a lot of firms out there that are, that are positioning themselves as, hey, we're hiring. But really, they're just handling attrition in their hiring, meaning they're putting a job ad out there because they know in a month, by, by default, they're going to be losing somebody, so they need to constantly be having wow. somebody come in. For us, we say, hey, we're only pushing out our job ad when we have a need, and we put that in there. Hey, everybody else out there, you can call them, but I can guarantee you, you're not going to get the same response time that you're going to get here. And within that, in, in that job ad too, we, we talk a lot about who we are. If you're looking to be like, if being the top 1% of your law school class was a big part of your life, probably not a good fit for us. Mm. Not because you're not smart, but because mm. relationships are more important than what you're going to be able to offer from, hey, I learned this in my legal book, mm-hmm. right? So there's a lot of little indicators that we look for and that we've learned over time that show and can attract the right people. Mm-hmm. So we're getting better at it. I think every business is trying to get better at things mm-hmm. and that's where we're at.
0: Definitely. And um, I hear what you're saying about um, your field kind of being lazy. It's kind of like- Like ours. Controversial to say. It is. However, yeah. Um And there's a lot about the legal field that just seems so antiquated, you know, and I love that you're putting you're investing in your firm, but in all of these ways that are really giving back. I mean, you're creating this um, like an ecosystem of happiness, (laughs) you know, because it's like, yeah. You're helping the business owners, um, giving them peace of mind. They can sleep at night, but they also have a relationship with your with you or the attorneys that work with you. Um, but then the attorneys are fulfilled because they have those really, I mean, it, life really is all about relationships and, yes. and people. So um, I love that. That's that's awesome. And thank you for doing that. You know, I mean, we need more businesses out there who actually care about creating something that's really helping make the world a happier place. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we help a lot of businesses, right? That's what we do. And so we see a lot of different types of businesses and how they're run. You all know there's some businesses and business owners that will take out every penny from the business and use it for whatever they want to do. And that's not my judgment on them. That's simply, that's a choice that people make for us. We reinvest a lot. We reinvest a lot in our people. We reinvest a lot in the process and the system and the experience so that hopefully it becomes a positive experience for people, right? That's, that's the goal, not just for the client, but for my team. Mm-hmm. I can tell you right now, just like I, I say, we're sometimes we're like doctors, right? The news I have to share with you is not always enjoyable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we do it where we say, hey, I'm gonna, you know, our, our process is anytime somebody comes to us, we listen first, right? We're not gonna tell you, we're not gonna talk to you about what, how smart we are. We listen first. Second, we're gonna outline your options because there's always options. I think a lot of attorneys jump to, hey, I've seen this before, and therefore you should do this. You know what? Risk tolerances are different for different people, or maybe life situations are different. So the thing that may be right for one person is not right for another. Mm -hmm. So outline your options. And then the third thing that that I think is the separating factor for us, we don't tell you what to do. We tell you what we would do if we were in your shoes, right? It's personal. It's not just something that's on a textbook or that we're, we're looking at you as an outside person. Hey, if I were you going through the same situation, let me think about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would take this approach for me and that could be different for you. You know, that's okay. And then we outline your next steps for moving forward. So every business needs a lawyer. Like there's no doubt in my mind, every business does. It's just the barriers to get there are so high that it doesn't make sense for most businesses. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And so you sponsor Arizona Entrepreneurs. So tell me, what what is it about, there, there's so many things, so many organizations out there that you could sponsor. And I know you do get involved in community and philanthropic uh, associations with, we mentioned earlier, the Arizona Brain Food. Um, but Arizona Entrepreneurs, so what is it about Arizona entrepre- Entrepreneurs that you like so much?
1: So they have a really dynamic leader. And I think that's a big part of any organization uh, Devin is his name, Devin Butler, and he's we incredible. Yep. He has the right vision. Again, I look for people when I, when I partner with somebody in that way, I look for people that share a lot of the same passions. Somebody who's looking to reinvest in the community. Somebody who's looking to build and uplift business owners, right? There's a lot of organizations out there and some are great. Some are more about, Hey, what can I get for myself? You know, you see that a lot with business mm-hmm. functions. For sure. Hey, it's in it for, what's in it for me is really the most common question that's not how Arizona entrepreneurs is it's about how do we get people together in an environment that can help us all grow together you know that, that's
0: exactly right I yep. love
1: I love that and that's that's <laughs> what attracted me to that organization and that's what I've loved about it um, for the last really year that we've been involved is you get to see how they actually do reinvest mm-hmm. in their people in the team and in everybody that comes to their events um, so I love that I love yeah. their group very cool I'm excited to continue being part of it
0: yeah, Devin has a really big heart for the the journey of the entrepreneur because of the trials and challenges that he went through. And he, I think he quickly found out like, oh, I'm not alone. Actually, this is the journey of an entrepreneur. It's, yeah. You know, kind of falling on your face a couple times. Figuring it out. <laughs> figuring it out as you go. As we said on the last podcast with Joe Johnston, building the plane as you fly it. Yeah. He even said he's like, and he's he has an engineer background, <laughs> and he he's, no that's that's the thing that's what that's what you have to do, you know you take those risks and um, if you don't you're not going to ever get anywhere. Yeah. So risk is an actual reality of building and running a business, and I'm I'm with you. I can't imagine doing it without the advice of an attorney. I mean, there's probably at least once a month at least yep. where we're like we need, we need some advice on this. Mm-hmm. We're not really sure mm-hmm. what we should do. And it's scary when you think about, sometimes you have to go through something, uh, a mistake that you've made and feel the pain of that to kind of have that, you know, prompting in you to go, mm, this is something I need to get advice on. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the risk is here, but there's definitely a risk. And I don't want to feel that pain again, you yeah. know, Yeah. but, but yeah, back to our Arizona entrepreneurs, we've gone, to I mean, when we first went, um, we were just like, "Wow! Like the people there are incredible." He just attracts really quality, intelligent, innovative entrepreneurs in Arizona, and um, it's it's amazing. It, yeah. It's I I've, I've been to many networking events. I lived in San Francisco and did B two B sales in San Francisco and in New York, and I went to all kinds of networking events and galas and you know it's like at the galas you're not getting anything done you know you're just having but you're meeting a lot of people but you know it's just having fun the networking events it's everybody's passing you a card And it's just like
1: oh gosh yeah too many
0: not yeah (laughs) exactly it's too much Arizona entrepreneurs you are actually developing relationships with people and we've found a lot of partners that we can utilize in our business for on our clients behalf yeah um, Moneta design is, is one of those mm. that we mutually yep. use. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we, we could go on and on. on and on. Yeah.
1: It's maybe the best way to sum it up is I feel like it's an authentic engagement, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, you've been to those networking events where everybody's feeling this inauthentic exchange mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. I have an agenda. And I hate that. Yeah, oh, I, I can't, I know. I so don't cool. have time for that anymore. Honestly, oh, I just, no. I can't stand those. So I love that engagement you talked about risk. That's a big part of what we love to do is alleviate the risk for business leaders. So they can set their focus on success, right? That's the whole point of law. And I think I'm one piece or my team really is one piece in the puzzle for a business leader. It's not just a lawyer that you need. Every business needs an attorney. Every business needs somebody to help them with their books and accounting. I know Mm -hmm. so many businesses that get lost or don't maximize the value of what they have because they don't have the proper yeah. bookkeeping. Same with mm-hmm. same with insurance. Same with marketing. Right? You guys have been incredible for my group, where we were not telling the right story. We didn't have the right information to convey, and so just so many things that every business owner needs. And so we're happy to be that one part. Now mm-hmm. you'd said something and it triggered a, a thought in my mind because you said, "Hey, every like once a month, uh, you mm-hmm. think of uh, a business, you know, a law need that you might have." And really that's what we've we found, a pattern, right? Mm-hmm. I told you about our patterns, we track patterns, we see what people are, are needing, and that's a big reason why we developed Council on Call. There's four of the most common areas that people need, business owners need. One is contract review and drafting, right? Contract review is probably the top need. You're thinking of entering into a lease, purchasing a property, getting a, a new employee on board,
2: rev share equity deals.
1: rev shares, c- customer agreements, debt, website, yeah. you know, website terms and conditions, partnerships. Yeah, mm-hmm. all those things. There's that's the number one. If every once a month, at least once a month, every business owner faces a contract that, frankly, most of the time they're not reading or they don't understand, and that's okay if you're you know signing up for an online tool Never. that. They're never reading it. Well, that's, most yeah, the time. that's fair. <laughs> Again, if Person you're reading makes that online me read
2: tool, ours. Yeah, good. I read ours. Good. And I go, I read it. I think that makes sense. I read sense. I yeah. you comments. Never read a
0: contract all the way through. Well,
1: that's okay. I won't <laughs> hold that against you. <laughs>
0: I'm not proud of it. I know.
1: What's funny is my wife asked me, what, what books do you like to read after work? And I'm like, I've read so much today. <laughs> I wish I liked. Would you I like love me to reading. tell you a story, yeah. sweetie? Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I like, love no. books. But I just, um, so one, contract review and drafting. Two is the industry compliance, right? Every industry has some level of compliance. Mm-hmm. Whether that's, you, you can you uh, text and call your clients, right? Are you following that? This is my 440 Get ready to go home. Stop work clock. So <laughs> oh, that's we're going to oh, no, come back yes, to that. We're yes. going to
2: come right back to that. Actually, <laughs> that's we're, we're live on the Tim. That's awesome. Yeah, yes. on, the, on the Tim and how he manages balance. I can balance. see have why to. an attorney would need that. Yes, yeah.
1: you have to. So industry compliance that goes to also your employees. Right, there's so many little factors. Most people don't know that you have to post these federal and state law posters that are in visible locations or at least make them available. Mm-hmm. It goes through so many different things, right? So we do a lot of employment compliance, but industry-specific is is a huge need. Third, or third is demands and litigation. Everybody knows what that looks like. So litigation defense, when you're having to sue somebody or getting sued or you need to say, hey, you didn't do this for me, I need you to do it or else we're going to sue you. And then lastly is that partnership structuring. Hey, I'm looking to expand. I'm looking to bring in a partner. I need to set up this LLC. How do we do it? I'm raising money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yep, all those factors.
2: I have a question. Yeah. With... Um, and it, it goes back to, as all these things that you're talking about and as being business owners ourselves, so many of these things strike fear in the middle of our hearts because our this company is like our child. Absolutely. Like on the last podcast, we were talking about selling it. I was like, this would be like selling our baby. <laughs> but. When when we think about you and the calls that you get on a daily basis from clients, I have to assume there are some days where it feels like you are living your clients, some of their worst moments as a business owner. How do you individually, like personally, as a family man, spiritually, all the things, how do you come out of those days? Because you are literally walking through some of these worst moments, and it may be, I have to assume there are some days where it literally was Amber and Kristen's worst moment as a business owner. And then I went to that client and then I went to that client. How do you manage that individually and strengthen yourself to get through that, to get up the next day and give everything you've got to that next day?
1: So um, I think part of it is again, back to that first point that we hit on priorities, right? in life, there's always going to be something drawing you. I, I love, this is my fault. I love the work that I do. I really do. I love it. And so for me, it hasn't been necessarily that I want to turn it off, right? It's something that I enjoy doing. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of my hobby. You Bless know?
2: your wife. Some
1: people golf, <laughs> some people do other things. And I actually really enjoy the both the law and the operations of a business. So yes, to that point though, it became a, a point where I, I had to, with helpful suggestion, make that a priority, right? Say, hey, what's more important, right? And the benefit or curse for what I see, no different than you guys, I've seen people that make their business their life and the rest of their life is shambles. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen that and it's been really cool to see and terrible to see. Sometimes you get a little like, wow, look at all the great things this person's doing. I, I, I could do those things. You know, we could do all those things. And then you look around and you think, oh, I don't want that life though. And so, again, everybody's life is different, and I, I don't say that to make my life sound like it's the right life, but I have made priorities in my life where I know that certain things are irreplaceable, and I will not pass them, right? So that's really, for me, I mean, helpful from a mental standpoint, you have to take breaks. You I, I enjoy going for jogs. I enjoy doing little things that take me away from the work, help me meditate. I'm not a great sit-and-meditate type of person. <laughs> but if I'm engaged in something like a jog or or I love playing basketball, those things help me gain some clarity, help me refocus.
2: And do you share then those things with the, the team as you continue to build your team and make that a part of your regular discussion with them, right? Because that may work for you, but it's about making sure they, we just had this conversation mm-hmm. this morning. That's why it's super relevant for both of us. We had a this conversation with a member of our team about our fulfillment team, you you know, most of them, yeah. you know, all of them. Fulfillment brings a personality style who is all in all the time for our clients, endless heart, endless mm-hmm. acts of service. And what that can create on the shadow side is, uh, no separation yes. between work. It just kind of bleeds sure. over, yes. which we know that from when,
0: 20 years ago when we were workaholics, yes. both of us.
2: Yes. And then you get older and you get tired and you're like, I'm not doing it this way anymore. But do you do you do that in your own organization? Then you have those kind of coaching up moments within your own team to say, hey, let's make sure we find a healthy balance. This is the client experience we want to create a council, and this is the individual experience I want you to have as an as a person in your life, as a family. In all these other relationships and you have that you have? those conversations.
1: Yeah. So what we do, that's actually a very it's it's a conversation, but it's a lot more to me of a of an active process, right? And so one of the things that we're I fully assume anybody that comes and joins my team, this is part of what we do when we hire, we talk to them about what it is that they prioritize in life, right? There are many things in life that are important. And being good at your job is important, right? You can't forego that just because you have a higher priority with something else. But putting that priority with something else makes you a better person, makes you better at your job. And so one of the things that you are, I think, mentioning, this is something I'm very passionate about in law specifically, many attorneys are on an island. They feel like they're doing it alone. So when you say, yeah, client reaches out or you have a big project due, when you're on your own island, it is overwhelming. Hence, back to the depression rates, right? (laughs) So what we do is we are a team. We don't operate in isolation. We Every week we do a weekly, I do with, with the attorney and the paralegals that are involved, we do a weekly case review of every case that they're going through, what action items we need to take, who needs to be involved, where we need to delegate items, because being reactive is really what takes away your freedom. Being proactive allows you to have freedom. Mm-hmm. Right? And so when we do that, we do our weekly case review meetings. We also do every morning, we do a morning huddle. So we know, hey, what's going on today for you? Because large in large part, not everybody's busy all at the same time Mm. or overwhelmed all at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's usually today, this person's overwhelmed tomorrow, that person. And and if you share the understanding of what's happening, and then you can start that conversation happening early in a day, every morning we get, Hey, I need help with this. Can, who has, who has availability? Boom. We get somebody who's got a little availability to jump in rather than that person feeling like, Oh my gosh, I'm alone. And I have to do it all. So we're very proactive with that. That's something that I'm passionate about and um, talk to our team about a lot. We've set up compensation models that, again, going back to law world, which nobody really cares about, but most compensation models are just based on how much work do you do?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, you can see the end result of where that's going to be. It's going to be burnout. So I think there's a lot to that concept, but I love being proactive with that. I don't have as many conversations as you guys do probably about like, hey, are you taking care, making sure Mm -hmm. we do have a lot of interactions together and we try to uplift and strengthen Mm -hmm. each other. But more than anything, I just try to create the workspace where Mm -hmm. you're not on an island. You shouldn't, you know, don't feel like this is all on you.
2: Mm -hmm. I used to work for a company. I work with a company where um, we had this thing happening where nobody was taking their vacation.
1: Oh, And it was
2: creating a very unhealthy group of individuals because they just were never taking a vacation. They had, I think it was a it was a week, a paid week, a quarter or three paid weeks a year and nobody was taking it. And we started to realize this team was just getting burnt out. Mm. And so we started basing their bonus on them and a big chunk of their bonus was them taking the time, ta- making the time. This is again, a part of our discussion today about, making sure that you take the time. But yeah, it's it's funny how even when people have a paid week off, they just get so into what they're doing and they're so committed. And again, there's a certain personality style where they're so service focused. And it's amazing to have these people on a team as a business owner, but it is something you have to protect.
1: I would guess that's partly culture too in that space. I mean, I've been at firms early on in my career. There was a partner that I worked for that he was there early. He was there late. And he was there Saturdays and Sundays, and that was his life, right? And as an associate, if you're not there before them, or if you're not there the same time as that they're there, that's looked down on, Wow, yeah, down upon. And so I think sometimes that lack of taking time off is not because your company doesn't have the right policies. It's because the people in the space are setting a different culture than what you exactly have created with policies.
0: Yeah. Have you ever considered, I get ideas. Have you ever considered taking what you've built and teaching other firms how to do that? Yeah. To so save more lives.
1: Save more lives. <laughs> I love, I love that. I think there's there's space for that. I um I I might have told you this already. I interned for Senator John Kyle at the time. It was in his Senate Judiciary Committee. It was while I was in law school. I had told him, because I still have aspir or inspiration or desires to. Be in politics, albeit at a much lower level than I once thought I wanted to be in.
2: We'll vote for you, Tim. <laughs> yeah,
1: mayor, mayor of something. I'm not when you going were four, for. A, you were like, "I'm exact, gonna be president." president.
0: Exactly. <laughs> four years old
1: yeah. with
0: a
2: beard. That's exactly. That's exactly. Toddler <laughs> wearing a so, suit. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's exactly. I used to have uh, big dreams, and now they've you know slowly come back down to, to reality. Yeah. But um, I I learned from him. I said, "Hey, I really would love to be in politics someday," and he said, "Hey, you know what? Get a real job first. And I took that to mean, learn what you're doing before you go and try to do it for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. And that's been a big part of my belief all throughout the process. I'm a big believer in, I'm not gonna ask somebody to do something I haven't done myself. And that's what I do for my team. That's what I do for the clients that we have too. Like I'm a big believer in that principle. And so when you say share it with others, absolutely. I think that's a great uh, next step at some point. Right now, it's about refining the process within my own team, finding how we can fully maximize that balance of client um, of clients, finding the appreciation, enjoying the experience, as well as team finding that. But yeah.
0: I'm seeing you in a room with thousands of attorneys
1: sharing your <laughs> vision. Okay.
0: Yeah. And, and they're learning what you built, how to not be that antiquated law firm that you're just going to have a bunch of depressed attorneys and miserable clients, how to, how to actually build the happiness law firm. <laughs> I love it. it. I love it. <laughs> Isn't there a changing of
2: the guard happening though right now with, within your industry as far as, I don't want to be ageist, but the old gray hairs versus <laughs> sort of this new way of doing things in law.
1: So there is to some extent, I think I think more than anything, there's a change of technology that's being embraced. How so? Well, I mean, even down to now where you have AI that can generate contracts for people, right? Yeah. Or even just think about things like Rocket Lawyer or LegalZoom that develop a lot of things. They they tell you by the way that they're not lawyers and they don't confirm that these contracts are fully what you need, but they do allow an opportunity for people to experience legal work from an experience that's not directly with an attorney so that's Mm -hmm. not a terrible thing i actually i think it's great for business owners there are about five percent of every contract that needs some help and that's where we say hey bring us that contract and we'll make it right for you at a much obviously flat lower rate so but with that i think technology has helped allow there to be better experiences there's better like for instance now data and analytics of all small firms i have a tool that we can find out the way that the judge has ruled on every court case they've ever had, specifically if it's for my employment law or business law space, I could tell you how long it's going to take for the judge to to decide on a specific type of motion, what the likely outcomes would be. All that analytics is very cool and valuable. I will say though, I haven't seen a change of mindset with, again, most lawyers go to law school because they're risk averse human beings, right? Law is not a risk engagement type of, you know, behavior. And so a lot of lawyers follow that same mindset. So when I come from it, and again, that's not a knock, it's just simply what I've seen. When I come and approach it, I come from a business background. I come from a business owner background. And so when I see risk, I don't think of that as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Most lawyers do. They say, oh my gosh, risk run away.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Everything has risk. It's mm-hmm. about assessing everything it.
0: Everything worthwhile. Everything
1: worthwhile. It's exactly right. Yeah. Well
2: said.
1: It's about assessing it the right way Looking at potential outcomes and accepting the risk that you're engaging in mm-hmm. So yeah, so cool. yeah, I, I love it. We are not uh, the the common term you'll hear amongst business uh, business owners about lawyers is their deal killers, right? If I take my contract to this lawyer,
2: yeah, he's yeah. gonna
1: redline the heck out of this yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's so true. I get And it these... gets
2: everybody riled up. It gets, <laughs> gets everybody. It, your side, yep. your attorneys get their attorneys riled Absolutely. up and everything grinds to a halt and everybody's so excited to get the deal yep. done and the attorneys just kill it. And so how do you dispute that? Because that that is a very, very prevalent thought. What's the way that you approach that situation differently?
1: So my team is trained and I am this way. You have to understand how a business operates to actually give good advice, Right. If you're looking at it from a pure textbook standpoint, the contract that's in front of you, it has these terms that are unfavorable, so therefore you should redline it. And in reality, though, when you're looking at, hey, this is how this industry works, this is what really is being accomplished, you have to understand those elements to be able to accurately assess the contract. Mm-hmm. And so we do a lot of that. Again, a lot of that is also how our, how our clients feel about risk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My favorite things that I do, though, is in almost every contract, there's clauses, provisions, things that are, that are not favorable, right? Every contract is not going to be really wonderful for anybody, but there's always a small change you can make to make it a favorable or a more favorable contract. So my team's trained on, we do not do big red lines, right? We're not going to rewrite the entire contract. We're not going to rewrite even an entire provision. We're trained on what two to five words can I insert into this provision that will make it a positive experience for my client. And that's really what we do. The five percent rule. I've told you that I could slash any contract because I know certain things, and I don't think that I would want to sign it. But five percent, ninety-five percent of contracts are fine. They're fine. It's what you need to do with five percent of it Mm -hmm. that makes all the difference. And so I love that. That's where we come at it. So good. And they and every business owner that we work with, they're like, oh my gosh, the last people we worked with, they just it took three months. I couldn't even get a hold of them.
2: Yeah. Yep. The hours are going up. The invoices are coming in. Yep. What is the typical turnaround then for a contract? So I know have, it depends. But. Yeah.
1: Well, and that's a fun word for lawyers, right? It depends. Really, there's contract <laughs> I review. I expected you to say yeah. it. That's I, why exactly, I said it Exactly. you. Right? There's contract <laughs> review and there's contract drafting. And so those two are different in my mind because they require different things. We have two types of contract review. One is high level. Again, for most business owners, I expect and they expect to understand the general principles of the contract. So I'm not gonna go through and do a full audit of every word in that contract. I know that there's certain provisions in those contracts. Now I skim it or my team skims it all to make sure everything's in order, but we'll focus our time on the three or four provisions in the contract that are the most likely to cause harm. Mm -hmm. So that's the high level review and those reviews take two days or less, right? And that depends on the length of the contract. I mean, even if it's a 50 page contract, that high level review can be done in two days or less drafting a contract. Let's talk about really quick. I just,
0: I want to comment on, that's awesome because if you have a contract in front of you, obviously you're considering something. You're considering moving forward in something in your business and then you bring it to your attorney. And if it does take a month or longer, that's just causing even more pain on the client. So that's a great experience that you guys turn those around in a very timely manner.
1: Again, if you're experiencing it with, you're going to your attorney who works really, you think he works for the firm, but he really works in isolation or she works in mm-hmm. isolation and she's doing other things and has a deposition or something. And so then you're put on the back burner for a period of two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's again, why it's so critical from a business side to say, okay, weekly case reviews, who's got what going on? What do we need to assess? You have depositions, So we're going to shift the load over here. We have people who can do multiple things, right? It's not just this person does this one thing. Mm -hmm. We're trained to help and assist in these different areas. And so we all follow the same protocol when we're doing the same things. So if your contract comes in, it doesn't have to be me that reviews it. It could be Cameron. It could be Rocio. It could be other people on the team that have that experience. And the way we present it is there's things you should know. There's things you should change. And then there's really just, hey, this is what we think, right? So the things you should know... There's always terms in there that we want to make sure you're fully aware of. It's not something you should worry about, but just know these things. And then to change, it's usually a pretty small list. This is what I would say would need to be changed.
2: Awesome. That's so good.
0: It's called inspired after hours. I love it. However, what happens after hours when you're a business owner? You worry about all of these things. And so, I mean, we can't help but ask questions about that experience of how you relieve business owners of... The things that they're worried about, but also just give them the peace of mind that they can call you guys anytime. Yeah. You know, and just ask a quick question, and mm-hmm. you know, not really have to worry about like, oh, I don't want to call them because I don't know what that bill is going to look like. So that's pretty cool. We love that piece of of what you offer, but the culture and all of that was really interesting to hear about. And so, thank you for all the love and passion that you put into your what you do, how much you love it. I mean, we definitely need more people who actually love what they do, especially in service-based, um, businesses. So thank you. Well, thank you.
1: And I didn't quite say this, so I'm going to just jump in ahead ahead of you here, but for counsel on call, that's our offer for a membership. The thing that again, we're proactive with clients. There's a scheduled 15 minutes a month, right? We are talking before issues happen. We're saying, Hey, what's going on? Are you looking to hire? Are you looking to fire? Are you looking at new contracts? Are you looking at growth? Mm
0: -hmm. That's
1: included in the membership. It's not something that you have to pay additional money for. So you can come into that conversation feeling ready to go. And that base membership dollar amount is $99. Mm -hmm. That's That's 15 minutes a month, one hour of free legal work. Mm -hmm. And that could be a contract draft review, or it could be other work that you need a demand letter written. And then there's um, a five-page or less contract review built into that. So it's huge value. I love it. For 99 bucks crazy. I love it. It's been great to see just people latch on and understand, wow, I can build a relationship with my attorney. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Why Imagine not that? try it? <laughs> Imagine that. 100 bucks a month, yep. why just try it out yep. and we know from working with you that
2: when they do try it, they're just going to be locked in. Yep,
1: they love it. They do. <laughs> awesome. I love
2: I love that meeting every month because you get to learn our business yeah. on a monthly basis rather than hey, we called you 9 months later. We mm-hmm. haven't talked to you in 9 months because we didn't want to get an invoice. And so with as fast as we're moving nine months, there's, there's 36 months that we need to catch you up on because that's how fast (laughs) inspired vibe. So I love the model. Um, we love your support of AZE and, um, we appreciate you coming on. You're you're amazing, Tim. You you guys guys have been
1: wonderful to work with. And again, I see, I don't work with people that don't share the same, um, visions. And so I love Mm -hmm. where you guys are taking this. I love this whole concept here. It's so cool to give back To business owners in a way that's maybe not common
2: Mm -hmm. and
1: that's what i see this as it's really cool
0: oh i love it and you took time out of your busy day to come here and hang out with us even with the 440
1: alarm i know it's time to get home i I know we gotta get you
0: home (laughs) we gotta get you home thank you that's wonderful thank you (laughs) bye that's a wrap for today's journey on inspired after hours we hope our conversations have offered you unique insights and ignited your own aspirations Remember, every story we share is a beacon of wisdom meant to inspire your own path. Stay with us as we continue to delve into the lives of successful leaders. Subscribe to stay tuned and join us next time on Inspired After Hours. Until then, stay inspired.